0: Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. Welcome to another episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X. And today, as always with me, the lovely, the talented, the PlayStation fanboy.
1: John Templar. And a proud (laughs) PlayStation fanboy I am.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good times, man. So how have you been, Sean Templar?
1: As you might uh, hear based on my voice, I've caught a cold. But
0: besides that, I'm okay. Uh, How have you been there? Uh, yeah. Also cut a little bit of the cold there. That's what you get when you have to stand outside for multiple hours with barely any clothing. I don't know what people are going to think of kind of job you do, but maybe the
1: best not to go into details. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not weird. It's not. You just made it sound weird. Front, it's not standing in front of a strip club or anything. Oh God, please just, just get <laughs> on with the show. All right. So you guys, this is going to be a very special episode. Um, we're going to start things off with our new segment as we always do. Uh, but this week is going to be extra special because we're going to be talking about a new state of play that uh, will have dropped. And we'll tell you all the details that we get to learn about The Last of Us Part 2. After that, we're going to talk about, of course, what we've been playing. And as always, we end our episode with a good helping of Hidden Gems. So, Sean Templar, let's go on into the news.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: All So first up for the news,
1: there's mm-hmm. something really interesting that happened this week, which was that uh, Creative Assembly teased a new Total War game, even though they recently brought out a Total War game.
0: Um, Yeah, the one you played where you conquered China. Yes,
1: yes. Oh, I loved it. Uh,
0: (laughs) So what they did is is they announced a
1: new uh, Total War game in what they call the Total War saga. So how they work is is you have the big Total War games, such as uh, Rome Total War or Total War Three Mm -hmm. Kingdoms or uh, Warhammer Total War. And then there are these smaller games that fit into the saga, which are uh, a bit more focused on a specific era or on a specific kind of storyline. So they did that oh. with um, uh, the one that's based around Britannia, so in the Viking era in, in Great Britain in the past.
0: So there there's was one... one about
1: that? Uh, but, oh, sorry? There was one about that? Yeah, they did that, I think, two years ago. Did it focus solely on the Barbarian campaign? So you played with Barbarians. I really didn't play that one because I, I didn't feel the time. But this one is really cool. This one is called Total War Troy, I believe. And it's set in the Trojan War. Okay. And they've shown a little CG trailer. They've shown the size of the map, which looks really big. And they've hinted that that it might even include mythical creatures and gods as in the mythology from that era. And it's also supposed to be a, or they're hinting at that it might be a what-if scenario, because uh heroes are included as well. So you have Achilles, for example, and you have Hector of Troy, and they hinted at that in history, uh, Achilles killed Hector, that
0: Hector might survive, or that Hector might even kill Achilles. Um okay. yeah. Oh, I'm actually seeing the Steam page here. It says, Troy, a Total War Saga. Yeah, Troy, a Total War Saga. Yeah, and it's going to come out next year.
1: Um, they're they're going to do some things different. The economy system is also going to be based around, for example, a mechanic around bartering so that you have to trade things with each other instead of um, just killing each, killing each other. Each other. Um, there's not a lot of known about it, but it's cool that it's coming out. I really like the that era, so I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. Um. uh besides that, yeah, we just have to wait and see for them to show us more. Okay. Cool. Do you okay. have uh, anything before we move on to uh, a nice surprise that dropped on us this week?
0: Um. Well there were a bunch of stuff um oh um we're gonna talk i'm gonna talk about it, a little bit about it in uh what we've been playing, but it's nice to mention it here as well um the switch light dropped this uh this past week yes, um the reviews are in, and it's actually pretty positive yeah yeah i yeah. think i think um... I I think
1: I mentioned this offline. I saw a teardown video around the Joy Cons, and it was the old Joy Con that suffered from drift.
0: Yeah, that is unfortunately yeah. True. So
1: I kind of wonder what's gonna happen if I get drift. I'm gonna have to ship my
0: whole Switch out to Nintendo, and then they That's have to replace. That's basically it, because it's a whole unit now. So yeah, you can't just ship the Joy Cons. Yeah. But you can always connect it with a wireless controller like other Joy-Cons or a Pro Controller.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I I like the form factor. I think Even we, for two hundred bucks, you're getting a good value. Yeah, I was about to like for it's a great entry price, and it's, it's as you said. I think it's the ultimate Pokemon machine. So I
0: think oh, they're definitely. gonna push a lot of units in the, in the Christmas and uh, the holiday if, season. Like if I mean I don't think they're gonna have like any kind of specific Black Friday deals for this, mm-hmm. but if retailers are worth their salt in any capacity they will bundle the crap out of the switch lite i think there will be maybe nintendo will even come out with a pokemon bundle you know a special theme. Well, the pokemon well they theme. announced a they they announced a special version um a special pokemon version of the switch lite when they announced the switch lite oh so we know that that's coming in november uh, october pokemon's coming out in november yeah pokemon itself is coming out in november a month earlier, the special edition Switch Lite Sword and Shield is coming out. Then, but it doesn't include the game, obviously. Do I get it's a just, download
1: game, or is it just a skin?
0: I think I think it's just the special edition, like no doubt, at least they just announced that it exists and that it's coming. Mm. I don't think they said any other details except for that. I don't even think that it, that it has a release date, unless I am wrong.
1: Well, Could uh, be. We'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, but uh the downside is of course with the Joy-Cons that there might be drift and people are already making statements that they are already experiencing drift.
1: With the Switch Lite?
0: Yeah, yeah, that just that just dropped recently. But doesn't drift occur due to wear and tear? You would think so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure how it's happening to these people, but um Yeah, there have been multiple uh, people reporting on uh, Reddit stating that they're experiencing, posting videos of that they're experiencing it. But to be fair, you could technically fake drifting by connecting it to Joy-Cons that have the drift. Yeah, because how would
1: Nintendo verify that you have drift so they can fix it? They have to physically be able to reproduce it probably
0: well that too but considering that the thing is within warranty because you know they just came out last friday um it i don't think that they i, I don't think that it matters at least i'm not sure if it, if it even would matter if it if 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 they said that they experienced it or not so yeah i don't know well we'll have to wait and see on the what happens with it yeah, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um,
1: Not that I can think of right now. Okay. No. Well, then let's talk about the nice
0: surprise that dropped on us. Yes, a state of play. Yes. It's been a while. Yes. And I'm going to get this out of the way because I know it's going to ruffle your feathers, oh. but it is the undisputed truth. So they redesigned the state of play presentation. And oh my goodness, could there be any more Nintendo Direct like?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say that. Like I didn't get the Japanese feeling that I got with the
0: direct. No, because this is based off the Nintendo Directs that are purely just when they announce titles and they don't have anything big to show. Okay. Well, I, I like the pace. So, it's, it's, so said... it's basically so it's basically the news strip thing. Mm-hmm. It was literally that, except it's in PlayStation Blue.
1: Let me put it this way. I liked it that they said it's going to last 20 minutes, and they went through it really quickly, and I was only looking forward to one announcement, which I got, I'll talk about in a minute, and I really didn't care about the other stuff, but I liked the snappiness of it. It was like, bop, 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 and here the last thing is, okay, happy days, enjoy, and we'll see you next time.
0: Well. The only real interesting thing they talked about was, of course, the new game from the maker of Katamari Damacy. Get out of here! I honestly, I don't like like, the name is kind of weird, and I kind of don't remember the name real quickly off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, that looked actually kind of like a lot of fun. It had a lot of indie focus. Some
1: indie focus, some VR focus. Yeah, what was up with that first game, Humanity? Yeah, no? it looked really strange. And it I'm looked like not... they had move controllers in their hands, zapping and shooting.
0: Yeah, at a certain point, it does look like they have move controllers. At another point, they have balls. At another point, they have lightsaber-like stuff in their hands. It's, it's all weird. Yeah. So yeah so... I'm not really sure what kind of game it is it's coming out 2020, and it has optional PlayStation VR support. Yeah. It almost seems tech demo-y. Yeah, kind of like, look how many people we can get on the screen. Yeah. yeah so, but the real thing that you wanted to talk about was L.A. Noir VR files.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm so happy that <laughs> it
0: dropped today. I was I was yeah, so... I just jumped up in my Also the first case of shadow dropping for State of Play. Very nice. Yeah. They also
1: shadow dropped the
0: Medieval demo. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I actually want to check that out. I yeah, hope I have too. enough
1: space on my hard drive. Yeah, and. um uh, <laughs> Civilization 6 is coming to PS4 in November. I didn't expect that one.
0: Which is kind of funny considering that it's already out on Switch. The only downside is that the PlayStation 4 version is getting the expansion pack. So I don't know if they announced that for the Switch version as well. Because yeah. they did say that they were looking into it. But I, don't, I haven't seen any reporting on it since they said that. So
2: hmm.
0: the, uh, Did you see the really stylish game called Arise.
1: Yeah, I I like that one. It looked like it was Not something a, like a Viking or barbarian game in which you get you you're apparently dead and they burn your body and then you're in the afterlife or something. Yeah, it looked. It, it reminded me of the Firewatch
0: f- style. It kind of does look like Firewatch, but it also kind of reminded me of Journey.
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, when they it first with started combat. with the music, it reminded
1: me a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, with the music. Yeah. Okay, like, hey, this really looks uh, fun, and I don't think it's. He said it's a simple story, but it's an emotional journey or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, right. looking really interesting.
0: Oh, right. The, um, the other game that I was talking about is called Watam. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. Interesting.
0: Arise actually looked pretty interesting, so that that's good. Yeah.
1: And then there and were from some of few, uh, what do you call it, uh, VR games such as Stardust Odyssey. Oh, I, I have that completely adapted. I don't know what that is. It looked like a sh- VR shooter slash spaceship game. Um, it's cool to see that Sony's still committed to VR. It's just
0: not my cup. Of tea. Yeah, neither. Neither is it mine. Yeah, but they did show uh, a story trailer for uh, Modern Warfare. That
1: really looked nice. But it was strange that they mixed in some CG cinematics with. There
0: was okay. a lot of CG cinematics.
1: Yeah, and then I thought, and then also with the uh, gameplay, I'm going, okay, this is strange. Why don't why you just do an in-engine trailer? Because that's more believable, but...
0: Like they used to do. Yeah. I don't know why they did it that way, but yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, they probably had a reason for it. <sighs> yeah.
1: PlayStation Plus games are also really so, nice.
0: So the guy with the weird handlebar mustache, that's Silk McTavish, right? Mm, I think it's Captain Price.
1: Oh, who the heck was Silk McTavish?
0: You you played as him in the first Modern Warfare. Ah, okay. Yeah. But you're not playing as him in this one.
1: I don't know. Hmm. They said he was in this game. never mentioned his
0: name, so I was kind of confused. Yeah, they said he is in this game. I just don't know if you play as him or not. Ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's coming out uh, October 25th, so... I cannot wait. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people that are actually excited about it. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, like we, like, uh, I mean, we get, we'll go into detail in it in the, in the, what we've been playing. But, uh, to face to say, I was actually surprised. So, yeah. Um, and let's not, uh, keep you in suspense anymore. Because, of course, the real reason why we wanted to watch this and wait for this. Is of course The Last of Us 2. 2.
1: And it got a release date.
0: Yeah, for next year.
1: February 21st. Like I said. Yeah, I already said it's going to come out next year. I know,
0: I know. (laughs) And it's coming out in a month. I kind of knew it was going to happen.
1: February.
0: But this actually puts it in a very interesting position, doesn't it? Because let's say they do announce, they formally announce the new PlayStation. Mm hmm. It is going to be after this date, then. I think the
1: new PlayStation is going to be announced. Well, what they maybe what they'll maybe do is announce it. Not to
0: because if you announce the new PlayStation, you're taking away whatever energy you have for the Last of Us Part Two selling well.
1: I don't know because I, I think when the Last of Us initially came out for PlayStation, it was after E3 of that year, and then. Sony gave it a little bit of extra attention at their E3 press conference with the trailer. So I don't know. Maybe they can do that again. Yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It really looked nice. It was but, a story trailer, but also a lot of gameplay mixed in there. We saw Joel yeah. finally.
0: So I don't know if it's me. Maybe it maybe it is. Maybe it was just me, but to me, it didn't feel like the footage that they captured came from a PlayStation 4 Pro like they usually do.
1: It in looked no like it way. came from
0: a PlayStation 4. I don't know. I just Like 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 early parts of the trailer felt especially the, the there was this part where Ellie is on a horse and the horse does not look as detailed as say the horses in Red Dead Redemption 2. Hmm. But then later on in the trailer, they look a lot better.
1: I had that with so the maybe trees at the spliced... beginning,
0: with the snow on it. It didn't yeah. really look like there was snow on the trees. I think they spliced two different footages, like part, like part was captured either early or from a different device. Yeah. And then the later half is captured all from a PlayStation 4 Pro. I think,
1: for example, when they showed. Gameplay footage at E3 last year that was running off a of PlayStation 4 Pro, yeah. And I, when I first saw it, I kind of didn't believe that was coming off of a PlayStation 4 because, and I, I told you last week, I loved the way in Uncharted how in Uncharted 4 how they transitioned from cutscenes to gameplay. It was yeah. so natural and organic that I had moments in which I didn't realize that the cutscene was over because then the camera would, for example, pan towards the back of the character and then there wouldn't be anything happening. So I just moved the analog stick and I was like, oh, oh wow, the cutscene's over. I didn't actually realize that because there wasn't like a, <laughs> normally you can see a hard transition in which that happens and here it yeah. didn't happen. So I had that in Uncharted a couple of times and, and the same thing happened in that Last of Us 2 demo that we saw that it just transitioned from that dancing party in the shed to Ellie killing a guy and like oh whoa, whoa, okay this really looks is this gameplay is this engine footage because it really really looked nice I was kind of I didn't believe it actually to be honest I thought oh, no 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 that this looks like that Killzone 2 thing they did back in the day you know yeah yeah but then again if there's someone that's going to pull it off it's going to be Naughty Dog I mean not true sure. yeah I
0: mean they did the trailer looks really nice, and I thought that Joel was dead, but then again, I haven't played one yet, so... Well, it's good but that you, they, you mentioned oh, that. Because they also said that it's coming out on October on PlayStation Plus, together with MLB The Show 19. That's also... Which is so really weird, game. because I'm pretty sure that MLB... The... Wait, no, I got my years wrong. So that means MLB The Show 20 is the new one, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is last year's MLB show. Yeah. That's also coming out October as a part of PlayStation Plus. Yeah. And in November, we're getting an,
1: a limited edition Death Stranding play, PlayStation 4 Pro, which I really don't care about. The
2: yeah. controller
1: looks cool. The console is a bit generic.
0: <laughs> with white the with
1: prints. The oil print on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's fine, I guess, for people that wanted a special edition PlayStation 4 Pro. I yeah, wish I had features.
1: bought the uh, the blue limited edition PlayStation 4 Pro, the one that was for, I believe, 20 years of PlayStation or 25 years of PlayStation. There was this blue uh, yeah, PlayStation one, 4 Pro, yeah. which was a little that bit translucent. Really that was really nice. Or yeah. the PlayStation 4 that came out in the original PlayStation 1 color scheme a couple of years ago. Oh, the 20th anniversary. Oh, my God, that was also pretty. Yeah.
0: You know, I tried to win that one really? and ended up yeah, I <laughs> uh it was this scavenger hunt uh thing that they were doing here with PlayStation Netherlands and one of the prerequisites was to um cosplay or dress like a PlayStation character. Mm-hmm. Well, since it was pretty last minute, I didn't have time to put a costume together. What I did was I went to a um makeup store where they sell like professional makeup mm-hmm. and bought some white and red makeup and painted my face like Kratos oh really yeah oh. it looked really good i I think I still have a picture of it somewhere the end result but uh, yeah and I like I've never applied makeup to myself before mm-hmm. so it was the big first time for me made sure that I shaved my head properly and shaved my beard and mustache so it looks good and then uh yeah i painted my face and yeah walked through amsterdam looking like Kratos. at a certain point i actually got stopped by police uh a police car that was riding down one of the shopping uh, streets. Okay. And and they were like, Why do you look like that? And then I had to explain why. Oh, I like oh that's so embarrassing. What <laughs> running say? around with my phone that was dying because the battery was running low. Uh, what did the police I, say? Uh, well they were like, Oh, okay. Carry on. <laughs> <school
2: kids? laughs> they, they
0: just thought it was they just thought it was weird and you're they're like fine, whatever. <laughs> because they thought because I, they thought I was m- maybe doing something weird or planning something weird like who walks around looking like Kratos without the full gear you know so
1: yeah i can imagine that it looks weird yeah.
0: but uh yeah eventually i had to duck into this electronics uh, shop to uh, buy a power bank because my power was running <laughs> Nice. And I ended up not winning because every time I got close enough to where it was, it was already taken. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh yeah. someone I knew I, I know ended up did getting one. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Lucky.
1: I saw it at a at one of those game conventions later. And it normally when it came out it was four hundred euros and now and they were selling it for a thousand euros. i like, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, Nobody's got Yeah. I was so because at that because I didn't own a PlayStation back then, so uh, that would that would have been a perfect first PlayStation for nice. Ah well, ended up getting a PlayStation 4 anyway. So mm. I guess it all ends well. Yeah. Well So yeah, that was another state of play. Yeah. And I think this might be the last one, unless they do one specifically for Death Stranding. I don't know if they'll do one out. for Death Stranding, but
1: who knows? Maybe they'll do a destination PlayStation, uh, PlayStation experience this year. I mean, they haven't said anything around that. I know that I Microsoft is doing an XO event, XO19. Yeah, but they have
0: more to show. What do they have to show? Microsoft? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I read. I mean, Gears Five is out. What else do they have?
1: Yeah, so I think they'll maybe show stuff around next year, and maybe uh, Project X Cloud, because that's also coming
0: out this month, next month. It is. Oh, yeah. Right. It is. It's coming out oh, before Stadia. Yeah. Oh wait, that one actually
1: has a date, doesn't it? Uh, I I think they were gonna roll it out for a beta in. October.
0: Um next cloud release date. Let me look it up real quickly here. Um September 4, twenty nineteen. We have updated uh, We to confirm that an October twenty nineteen public preview in South Korea.
1: That's a strange
0: uh, I I don't think that nah it's coming from Android authority, so I'm not sure if that's actually, I would consider that like a credible source. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I can
1: remember at E3 they said it, it's going to come out in October.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to do like, I think they said at E3 that it was going to be like this beta thing in October. Yeah, you could use your own Xbox and...
1: Yeah. Something else, I just realized. Oh crap, I traded in my Xbox, so oh, well, yeah, yeah, let's yeah here it is. Try out X.
0: Cloud. So, um, Microsoft announced at their conference at E3 that it will hold a public beta trials for project X Cloud in October 2019, yeah, but they haven't yet provided any information, so I guess we we'll just have to wait and see.
1: Yeah,
0: I think uh, you play plus
1: is out. I got an email that I could. Sign up for a one month free trial. So that's already yeah. one
0: streaming service coming out. Yeah, I also got that same email. I haven't had the time. I haven't booted up my PC in a while, so I probably should do that when night. I think know. I'll try it out when Ghost Have Recon comes off. out so I can
1: uh, play it for free instead of uh, it. When is that coming out? Next month? No, Ghost Recon's coming out in
0: two weeks, I believe. Next week or in two weeks? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll do it around that time too. Yeah. See if it actually runs on the old thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, right?
0: Yeah, it, yeah, that's it. So, uh, hang tight, guys. We'll be right back with what we've been playing.
1: Alrighty, welcome back to our second
0: segment. What we have been playing. So what have you been playing, Maximilian? Well, I think it's something that we both have been playing, Sean, just not against each other or with each other just yet. Um, but I'd still like us to talk about it, which is the Call of Duty beta. Oh. I love Modern, it. Modern Warfare. Really? I liked it. Okay, so like little little history here. My history with the Call of Duty franchise has been playing some of modern warfare 2's multiplayer back in the day and that's about it and that's lot. it feel it's not a lot but i did i mean i played maybe for a couple of weeks so i have some experience with it um i usually played a support class or the support loadout which i am so bad at Wait, what, <laughs> is that with the huge machine gun with an lmg um if that's what it used to be then yeah that's what i'm doing now wow. yeah that's easy just shoot 100 rounds uh keep your finger on the trigger says the guy who had problems adjusting to battlefield 5 on playstation again
1: well excuse me but last time i checked if you play with a mouse and keyboard it's far more accurate and far more easier compared to a well controller. thank
0: you obviously but i didn't my PC would not be able to handle Call of Duty. So I played on a PlayStation. Which, honestly, it... Yeah, it looks, for one, to get aesthetics out of the way, it actually looks really unbelievably gorgeous. Even on my base PlayStation 4. It's amazing. It looks really, really Runs good. Runs buttery smooth. Yep. Um, And, yeah, it is. it's Call of Duty. The first... Literally the first minute I was in, I was... Wait, where do I go? What do I and I'm dead. Okay, no, I remember <laughs> how this feels like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That I think a... they really did a good job on it because um I played the first I played the alpha, which was the 2v2 gunfight those matches last 2 minutes. I played the last beta last week on the PlayStation. And this mm-hmm. week it's also crossplay. So, it's on PC, Xbox and on PlayStation. The only thing I'm not sure because on my PlayStation, I only got matched to PlayStation players. And I read an article online that you have to create a Call of Duty account, and then turn something on, and then you can get matched, make into crossplay with other people. But okay. on the PC, for example, I just use, it runs through Battle.net. And then I just, on a PC, I got matched, make with PC, Xbox, and PlayStation players. And they all had mouse and keyboard. You can also see if they're using a controller or a mouse and keyboard. And it also works on PlayStation and Xbox. So yeah, if you're playing on the the same platform.
0: But what I do know is that at least for Xbox players, depending if the game supports it or not, you can use a mouse and keyboard on Xbox. So I'm kind of curious if there are people out there that actually tried to use mouse and keyboard during this beta. I saw a lot of people playing with it. Wait, on Xbox or or just PC? Uh, uh, On on consoles. really yeah even playstation players yes i had it mouse yesterday and keyboard yes did you try it yourself no oh gee that's a lot <laughs>
1: yeah i thought well oh, what's the difference between playing it on my playstation with a mouse and keyboard or playing it on my pc with a mouse and keyboard i
0: mean the well, only honestly thing- i just i just wanted to know how it worked if it was Easy to set up, basically. From what I've seen online, it
1: it is a lot easier. They even put in a fix that you can't switch input device mid-match because some people would apparently switch from a controller to a mouse and keyboard or the other way around. So they mm. dropped a small fix that you can't change that while you're playing the game. That's really oh, nice. that's handy. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, and to be honest, I I honestly I've, wouldn't know why you would do that, but sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, but we've had this crossplay debate. For some episodes now and maybe I, th- I think i had the first moment yesterday where i actually thought okay this crossplay stuff can be interesting because um say for example i don't have enough money to buy a super amped up pc and i like playing with keyboard and mouse but i have a playstation uh, and i kind of want to use that but i also want to play with my friends who are on pc then this is kind of the perfect solution. I can hook up a computer, a keyboard, and a mouse to my PlayStation and play with my PC friends, or the other way around. And it keeps the entry level for, for example, Call of Duty, really low because I just need a PlayStation instead of of two or three thousand euro PC. So it was the first moment where I actually thought. Okay, this crossplay stuff can be interesting or it can be fun as long as as it's not used as a marketing tool or a or a gambling chip saying oh, look at us we we embrace crossplay, but actually experiencing
0: crossplay really no it changed my perspective Well, good because it should because we should be working towards a gaming utopia at least when it comes to online play, yeah.
1: I I I never I never thought I would change my my opinion around it but I was surprised in a good way.
0: But the thing is though what you have to realize is that not all of the cross plays have this level of support that Call of Duty is giving to yeah. you, of course because you can play with mouse and keyboard even on your console. Yeah. You don't have that option for example if you're playing Rocket League. Uh, does Fortnite support it? I don't think so, right? I don't think so either. I mean, I haven't checked it out. I haven't tried it yet on my PlayStation. Um, honestly, the because I didn't know that PlayStation supported mouse and keyboard. Yeah,
1: they just do, started doing that on the PS3. But it's up to the developers to ah. implement uh, it in their game. There you go. Because I remember Unreal Tournament 3 was the first game on PlayStation 3 that had mod support and keyboard and mouse. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay,
0: fair, fair. So then it's just, I mean... I. I guess it's just a matter of developers embracing that part of it, yeah. embracing that part of cross play to make it work. I mean, all the consoles have multiple USB ports, so I don't see why it would not be possible to do that and to support it. I mean, we're moving more in a, we're moving towards a more connected world, so I don't see why that wouldn't be an option, you know?
1: Yeah. I think that with Call of Duty, it's, kind of the big first big game besides Fortnite, but that's a free-to-play game. I think it's the first paid game that's supporting cross-play day one. And it's a huge franchise such as Call of Duty that can kind of make this mainstream and make sure that other developers or other games embrace it. When they announced yeah. it and I saw, hey, it supports crossplay day one, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty big actually. And I wouldn't be surprised if For example, Destiny 2 gets this in the future, maybe Battlefield gets this, or at least the next installments in those franchises, because just like Battle Royale became a must for every game, if Activision pulls this off right, Crossplay is going to
0: become a must-have for a new game. Hmm. Definitely. Which is something that I'm honestly looking forward to. I like seeing more of this happening throughout the times. But it all depends on the developers. Um, and yeah. it's probably also going to depend on what next gen is going to be like um, in terms of you know, development costs and whatnot. And considering that those also tend to go up, it would be nice to have the crossplay to offset that kind of balance because then it doesn't matter on which console they sell the most as long as they sell. Yeah. And I think it makes it interesting for developers
1: as well because they're not focused on making money desperately and they're more like oh you know what money comes in from all places because everybody just buys their preferred uh, platform instead of saying well okay the install base for playstation is the biggest so we need to put all our attention on make sure that that version is exactly. the best so we hopefully can get the most money out of playstation whereas now it's just we have to make the best version of this game so it sells
0: well on all platforms exactly that is that is a very nice view to look at the only thing and this is like the only thing that I have that might be in the way is that you have to consider um, the costs of actually having a service like this and the upkeep for it. So hopefully in the near future, we're going to see more and more middleware that provides cross-platform play so that the developers don't have to invest extra resources and research to make it work. Yeah. you know so yep. hey just a matter of time i will say this i completely forgot that the aim assist with controllers was that finicky on call of duty because you'll aim at a guy and you're trying to aim with your right analog stick so when you you know go down the sites it's like oh it's already kind of yeah, it it, snaps snaps it kind of yeah. snaps into place, and you're like, "Oh, oh, wait!" And yeah, then you're yeah. like <laughs> shooting
1: around like a damn stormtrooper. That's kind of how I felt when I played Battlefield uh, <laughs> the first time on PlayStation. Yeah, what so, I have to I say mean, is the gunplay feels good. The weapons are really nice. There's a lot of depth in the game, in the mechanics for the for the good weapon customization. I don't know the if the weapons you, have the appropriate kickback. Yeah, yeah, did you? I don't know if you got as far, but if if you reach level four, you can create a class. And then yeah. each weapon has levels. So the more kills you, you do, make with it, the more levels it gets, more attachments unlock. But there's some really depth behind it. I got to level 30 with one, uh, with one rifle. I'm like, wow, okay, this just keeps on going and going. And it keeps on surprising me with new additions. It, it's not the, the uh, obvious additions they give. It's not like, oh, a scope here, a grip there, a silencer here. But you also get to attach perks to those weapons besides the three perks you already have. Um, you can sometimes completely change the way a weapon performs, such as a longer or shorter or a heavy barrel. It really kind of opens the door for these cool Frankenstein-y weapons.
0: Cool. I mean, yeah, I got past level 4, so I was able to mod- create a modified class, but I didn't get any further than that, so mm-hmm. I wasn't able to modify. I did see the options that you could do, and there were some really cool options in there, my personal favorite are the silencers. <laughs> I'm just that bad. So I'd rather not hear them trying to shoot them with you know until it's too late. But um yeah, it's 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 really it's really cool. I I'm gonna play some more later and uh get hopefully a bit farther in and get some more levels on the, on some guns. I will say the heavy the the, um, the heavy assault rifle was really it's, it feels really nice because when you play the assault uh, class, the assault loadout. You get the you get a specific SMG, and I honestly don't like that one because that is burst. Yeah, that only loss. has like the burst shot, yeah. and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I don't I don't like SMGs that have just the burst because then you have to pay attention to where you're shooting, and you have to respond really quickly if you miss. Yeah, which yeah. basically gives away your position. Whereas you have heavy assault rifle. You just hold it, and even if you miss, you just make sure you drag it back to the target. And <laughs> you, you can just spray uh, away. Yeah, I mean, when I realized that and started using that, I actually started getting more kills. So, yeah. So hopefully that'll do it. But there is one thing that I wanted to ask you, because you were we were talking a while back about um, some of the modes, because they were rolling out the modes piecemeal day by day. And you played a specific mode that I that wasn't available when I was playing, which I think you called hardcore mode. Uh, yeah. Where um, you take more, more damage and you have less health options or whatever, um, which is something that wasn't available to me. What was available to me was night mode, which I honestly thought was an interesting take. I feel that Modern Warfare 2 had a night mode as well. Um, for those that don't know, the night mode literally is you playing with night gear goggles on, and it's nighttime, so you can see the enemies and see your surroundings. You can take the goggles off, but then everything is pretty much in the dark, and you can only see stuff when you're out in an outside environment. But once you're inside, there's nothing there, and you can't do anything. Well, you Well, that's not true. It's not that you can't do anything. It's just that the odds of you getting killed are way higher because you can't see that well in the dark, so you have to have the night vision goggles on. Um, which, I I enjoyed it. It was pretty different. I did some other gameplay uh, things in there as well. Um, I think there was this one capture the flag kind of thing. I forget what It's Domination, called. probably. Um, yeah, is that the one where um, you have to capture a a spot and you have to hold on to it until the timer runs out, yeah, yeah, you have uh headquarters, which is uh yeah, I played that one as well. I played that one that one came up a lot in the randoms by the way, oh, I had a, a lot, lot of, of people domination playing that yeah, yeah, I didn't have a lot of domination. I had that a few times, um, and then there's the one where you have to capture three spots and hold it until the till you get all the points. Don't remember that, I think that's. I think that's capture the flag, right?
1: Uh, so the three holding the three spots is domination, and then okay. it's making sure that you hit the the two hundred uh, point uh Two hundred
0: points, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, and then the one then uh, have... with the headquarters is that there's this small headquarter opening up, and you have to capture it and hold on to it as long as you can. Um, mm. And then the other team has to try to shut it down, um, basically. Yeah, and then there was the uh, other mode. The, um, I think the
0: hacker one. I didn't play that one. I think it was called EMP, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one, that one is interesting because that the mission, the objective there, is that you have to pick up a EMP bomb, and then take it to um, the base of your opponent. Yeah. Set it and set it off there. But the uh, the the whole catch twenty two there is that you all have one life, no response. Ooh, that's nice. So, if, a bit so either you deliver the bomb yeah. and set it off, or your whole team gets excommunicated. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. I didn't try that one. I did play Ground
1: War. I don't know if you played that one. Maybe I did. Wait, they unlocked it yesterday. It, it's, okay, I haven't played it. It's basically Conquest, as we know from Battlefield. So it's a huge map, 32 versus 32 vehicles included so there's tanks helicopters jeeps which is kind of first we have to do that later yeah and then it's basically capturing multiple points on the map kind of like domination but then on a far larger scale it's nice but you can notice the difference that they i think it was inspired by conquest but it isn't as good as conquest so it's really chaotic i i I played it for 20 minutes and after that i just switched back to the old rotation playing team deathmatch and Domination on smaller maps because I like that more because it's a bit more fast paced. Here it was so chaotic that I got shot from all sides and I couldn't. (laughs) Yeah, I look. Oh, 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 oh," and eventually I thought, you know what? I'll just try something else.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and maybe you just needed a good wingman. I probably, yeah. (laughs) It's not me, but I'll give it my best shot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's to find out. Yeah. All right. Um anything else you want to add about the beta? I mean, we could probably be talking about this for way longer, but uh, uh
1: for now I'm good. I think I'm going to I I think I'm I'm convinced that I want to play this one, so I'm going to buy uh I just don't know if I'm going to buy it on PlayStation or on PC.
0: Nah, eh, doesn't matter either way if we do it if you do it that way because we could still play co-op anyways. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um moving on, I like to talk a bit more about Astral Chain. Which I've been playing that a little bit further than the last time. Yeah, um, The last time it was only up, up until, I think, Chapter 3 or something. And now I'm up to Chapter 6 or Case 6. Um, the cases are getting longer. Um, and there's a lot more to do because the last mission I did, slight spoilers for Case 6, is it's mostly a sneaking mission. So you start off um, you know in the shadows, uh, trying to get to this area in the game, and you have to avoid other cops even though you 're a cop yourself um, there's this one area in in the city that you 're not allowed to venture even though you're a cop for you know obvious nefarious reasons and you get there and you start doing favors for other people there solving mysteries solving crimes being of a- Uh, get into the actual nitty-gritty of it the action segment which is really cool because now i have three legions so you start off with the sword legion which is a melee up and close and personal legion that that you know gets close to the enemies and attacks you have the arrow legion that snipes enemies from afar which was a real annoying one to get by the way um, and then the last one that How I do just... do get these
1: legions? Is it like a boss fight and an unlocks or yeah, something? It's,
0: or... Yeah, it's a boss fight. So these are our boss fights in basically every uh, in every case you have one, except for the first two. In the first two ch- chapters, you didn't get So from case three onwards, you start getting the legions. And now I have the arm legion, which is like this big hulking thing that looks like a gorilla, <sighs> which is awesome because she can go inside and float around and punch stuff real big and move stuff that are huge and now i also have the beast legion was probably the handiest one of all because it is capable of finding people it's literally a dog so all you have to do is present it with a smell and it'll find it for you and it can dig around for stuff so it's kind of adorable um so yeah The chapter I've been right now, there's some really big story revelations that I'm not going to go into because I don't want to spoil it for people that have yet to play it. But suffice to say, the gameplay mechanic has gotten so much more interesting by chapter six that you want to experiment with playing with the different legions and figuring out different combos. The combo system is, by the way, really fun, even though it's very simple because you only have one attack button. Um, and the legions attack automatically you can time your attacks until you reach a certain point where your gun or your weapon blinks and that's when you unleash your legion and then you do a combo this together and you start a combo chain and you can like chain these combos together and so satisfying to do
1: that's probably why and- they got the name astral chain from
0: or at least the chain part Well, part of it, yeah. Part of it is also because the legions are tied to you with a literal astral chain. So, yeah. (laughs) And you do use that in battle because you can use it to ensnare the enemies or if they charge towards you, you can pull it tight and then fling them back like you're some kind of wrestler in a wrestling ring. Nice. which Which is really cool and really satisfying to do because they run up until the chain and then you fling them back in their day so you can just wail on them nonstop for well nonstop for a, a while. And yeah, it's just been really fun to play. I the I do like the fact that they break up the action sequences with all these other stuff with the, the with the detective work. Um the sneaking wasn't not that fun though because the engine is kind of not really built for it.
2: Hmm.
0: I mean, there is a way around it, of course. I mean, the game is built around having these things, but I don't think it was fleshed out enough for sneaking missions. Um, So hopefully there's not a lot of them. This is the first time they've done it. Hopefully I don't have to do it again, because if I have to do it again, I'm going to be very upset. Um, (laughs) Uh. No, because I'd rather do the detective work. Because it's way more interesting and you have to interview people and do other side quests besides it. Plus, it earns you points so that you can level up your legion and get more abilities, get more skills. They'll do awesome stuff. Like, for example, I unlocked this ability for the Beast Legion where it automatically chains down multiple enemies. It's hit or miss. It works about 50% of the die time. (laughs) But when it does, it's very handy because then they're chained down and I don't have to worry about being surrounded by five other enemies at the same time. I can just chain them down and will on one and then move on to the next. So it's stuff like that that makes Astral Chain a real fun game to play. It's also really pretty which helps a lot. Um... I mean, yeah, it's a solid platinum game. I I don't know what you want more. Okay, I don't then. know. I've I've actually never played a platinum game before. I think
1: maybe a little bit of Bayonetta, and besides that, I've never played one of their games. So, oh wait, I did play one. Uh, the one they did for Sega, you know, in which the, it's in space. You're this guy in this kind of in this robotic suit. You can glide over the over the floor. Oh, in vanquish. Yeah, Vanquish. I really like that one. Yeah. I didn't
0: never I understood mean, why they didn't do a sequel to that one. Probably because Vanquish didn't sell well. You know why the you know why that one didn't sell well? Sure. It came out at the at at it came out during a time where I think a Gears of War came out. Oh yeah. and people were comparing it to Gears of War, like a Japanese Gears of okay. War. Which is really funny because in that same year a an actual Japanese Gears of War Clone came out, not made by platinum.
1: Yeah, I but think I know I which one with Capcom
0: the, or something.
1: Was it K- Koei Tecmo? The one where you have to go into the tower and climb your way up and kill all these monsters and it had a male and a female protagonist.
0: I think so. I, I think that's the know. one, yeah. Like I know that there's like this really blatant like dude broy shooter yeah. that that just screams Gears of War clone. It's not set in space or anything, it's set on Earth. But ah, that's it's really brown, by the way, that game, which is a it's that's the wrong takeaway, by the way. Just because Western games at the time look brown doesn't mean the answer is make your games look brown. But that's besides the point. Um, wow, really? Then we need to get you've ha- you've played Clover Studio games, right? You've played Beautiful Joe, right? Or Okami? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, we need to, we need to get you on the platinum games roll, man. If I've, you finish, I I you know,
1: I'll want to try it, but
0: uh... I have plenty of other games that I can let you try besides Astral Chain. But sure, um, yeah. Other than that, what have what else have you been playing? Uh, besides the Call of Duty beta, mm-hmm. I have been playing
1: um Dragon Quest Builder still. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but it, that game is really fun. It's maybe because of the cute Dragon Quest-y style over it. Yeah. Um, I'm now in the second world, I think. So you get yeah. you get to build these portals, and those portals take you to different worlds, and those the worlds have different resources. So now I'm in one kind of with a desert, so I have sand and, and clay and those resources. And it's really fun that when you pick up this new resource, your character gets this light bulb and then they know, oh, okay, now I know this recipe, so I can build this, and I can build that, and it's really fun <laughs> how it is done. Um, yeah, it's super cute. Yeah, it's really, it's, yeah. Um, I'm still to, playing that one.
0: Um, I got Xbox. Did you, by the way, did you, by the way, see the guy that was making, that was remaking um, one of the Legend of Zeldas in Dragon Quest Builder 2? Oh, I haven't heard about that one. I should check that out. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link la- a link later, but he was, like, as in rebuilding the landscape for, and the buildings and everything. Oh, that's nice. I so thought they
1: are, the only did that did those kind of things in Minecraft, but it's cool to see people do it in Dragon Quest as well. It is nice to see yeah. that
0: they're doing it in Dragon Quest, and he- I'm pretty sure it looks way more realistic in that than... Minecraft. Yeah,
1: Minecraft. the only gripes i have with minecraft uh, dragon quest so far <laughs> <laughs> is the combat the combat's more like an afterthought so yeah. there's no you can for example equip a shield but it doesn't actually have a purpose in you can't block or fend off an attack it's more that you bump up your defense rating which is yeah. good but you know and this, and i saw that the sequel kind of has the same thing so it feels like building part is the most important part together with the story and then the combat is kind of an afterthought even though you use the combat a lot but besides that it's it's fun i'm still playing it um i've also gotten game pass for the pc i wanted to play gears 5 but i realized i only had played gears 1 till 3 and so i needed to start with 4 we started playing 4 for an hour now
0: um aren't you also missing judgment then
1: yeah, but I believe Judgment is a
0: prequel. So obviously it doesn't matter. Yeah, so I kinda of skipped out on it. I asked a friend
1: of mine, I said, do I really have to play four to be able to play five? He said, Yeah, it's kinda of handy if you do. So we're 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 gonna play that co-op later today, I think. I made a small start. Um really looks beautiful in 4K on my PC. I was kinda of amazed by that. Uh, oh, your
0: PC's alive again. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. I got uh I fixed it, I got a new uh water cooler. And a, a new graphics card, and now she's alive and kicking again. Took them long enough. Yeah, sh- don't. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> I'm happy with the solution, right. anyways. Um, so, Gears Four, and mm-hmm. yeah, you're not gonna like this one. But I played the Daemon X Machina demo for ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then I quit because I just—it's not my kind of game. And um, really, yeah, I don't know. It just feels too. Like, you when I pl- literally only did the tutorial, then yeah, but like I wasn't. So when I play a game, it needs mm. to wow me, and it's okay yeah. if it has to build up to it, but I it didn't feel like wow. I want to explore more. I want to try more, and so really? yeah, and I glided around a bit. I destroyed some enemies, and you no, know, it's just it felt so dull. And the funny thing is, I was listening to a different podcast two days ago, and they had written a review around Damon X Machina, and they kind of bashed the game into the ground. A lot of F-bombs, and and this game is really bad, and all those things. And people were comparing wow. Astral Chain. They said, why is a game like Astral Chain really good, and is nintendo publishing this game i think
0: nintendo's publishing astro uh, uh, Damon uh, Xbox. i'm not, I not sure i think it's marvelous that's publishing this game but
1: at least they said like why does nintendo have a game like this on their platform cuz it's really bad like, okay maybe this is confirmation bias in a way that like, i'm hoping to get what i want to hear but um mm. yeah i wasn't
0: really wowed by it i'm sorry you don't have to apologize to me yeah uh, like i said i was well here's the thing i played the i played the beta and the final- and then the final release is actually a lot better compared to what it was so yeah i mean there you know no skin off my back if if you don't if you don't like it you like what you like and you like what you don't like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna force you I'm just gonna say you know try it out for a bit longer and if you still feel the same way then you know. That, then that's it for that yeah but um i do feel like 10 minutes is a bit short because you've literally just played the tutorial part and yeah the tutorial part does drag i will admit to that Um, mostly because you the tutorial was a lot shorter in the beta but again it's a beta and they were still finalizing stuff in there so i get why that one was a bit quicker but um it does have multiplayer in the in in the in the demos. If you feel like hooking up and at least trying some of the multiplayer uh, levels, we could do that sometime. Yeah, we can try. Maybe I can yeah. uh, get a different perspective on the game.
1: Yeah, sure.
2: I
0: mean, you know, anything before you say, "Oh, it's uh, oh, I'm just gonna not say no to this. You know, after yeah. ten minutes. Um, but that's basically it. Okay. I know that you've been uh,
1: dying to play a little game called Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, so maybe not keep us in suspense and tell us how don't, amazing don't, that don't
0: game you, is. Well, don't you mean the Legend of Zelda? The <laughs> long so <Long's laughs> <Awoken. laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just shared this ridiculous image with Sean Templar, and it's just stupid fun. Uh, no, but yeah, I... um. There is something little special for you guys, uh, hopefully waiting for you by the time this episode goes up, um, which is a unboxing video because I was lucky enough to be able to pick up the limited edition here in Europe. Um, so uh, hopefully by the time that you're listening to this, the unboxing video will be live on our YouTube channel. So you can look forward to that and listen to uh, my voice and seeing the coolness. That comes with the limited edition. But other than that, I've finally actually gotten to play it and it is so gosh darn charming. I mean, I've played the game. Here's the thing. I've played the game before. I've never finished it. I will admit, it's one of those Legend of Zelda games uh, that I haven't finished. I mean, I've finished other ones. I've finished the Oracles of Ages and Seasons games, the Minish Cap, Breath of the Wild, Twilight Princess, um... Wind Waker, like the more recent stuff. But the old stuff I haven't finished, I've played them. Uh, And with this, it is my intention, of course, to finally beat Link's Awakening for the first time. And it is just so gosh darn charming. The character models are so cute. And it just looks like all these, it looks like a freaking diorama. I mean, if you've seen a diorama, like a really good diorama, by the way, not, not the crappy stuff that you made when you were a kid, you know, with cardboard. No, this looks like someone took expert figurines and then put them in this cute little box and made it look all cute and <laughs> oh, cuddly, and, and it plays relatively well. Um, Did you, by the way, get the amiibo? Because I heard this is a really cute amiibo. Oh, the amiibo is so cute, but no. Are you gonna no. get it? Maybe. Um, if they don't run out. But do um, you yeah, get I've a seen... limited run or do they just keep on making them? Uh there's a certain run to them. Okay. So yeah. Eh. Um. But yeah, it it's it's very adorable. I've seen some unboxing videos of that. And hopefully, I get to pick it up sometime soon. Um, but there's not a really there's not a lot of use for it though, at least in the in uh, Link's Awakening, because the only thing you can do is that you have this dungeon dungeon building kind of aspect to the game. Yeah, I saw that. And the only way you can share the dungeons that you made is to save it to uh, Legend of Zelda amiibo. It doesn't have to be that specific amiibo, but any of the Legend of Zelda series. And then take it to a friend's place and then put it on their Switch so they can try your dungeon.
1: Oh, but you can't share the dungeons because in the reviews that I saw, they were saying, oh, there's no way to share the dungeon, so it's a cool no, mechanic. No, there's
0: but- no way to share the dungeons online.
1: Okay, that's a kind of a strange one seeing as with Mario and uh, Super Mario Maker, they were really promoting that sharing aspect.
0: Well, with Super Mario Maker, of course, that that is already built into the framework because the previous one did it online as well. Oh, okay. But for whatever reason, they decided to do this with, yeah, I don't know why. It's, really strange.
1: I, it, it's so really
0: strange. So, I wouldn't expect it. Yeah. It uh, it kind of blows chunks that they did it that way. But, yeah, well, you get a cute little amiibo for it. Um, The gameplay is largely the same except that they actually made some sweet, sweet um, quality of life changes. Wow, I almost forgot the word. (laughs) (laughs) Quality of life changes to it where um, in the original game you were bound by the two buttons that you had on the Game Boy. So in order to accommodate using multiple items, you can actually change out which items that you were holding in either button. So for example, you don't have to hold the sword. If you don't need the sword, you can switch it out for the power bracelet so that you can lift stuff and the shield in the other hand or the rock's feather so that you can jump. But now sword and shield have their own dedicated buttons. So that means you have two extra buttons that you can interchange items from. And stuff like, for example, the power bracelet, which you used to always have to equip so that you can lift heavy stuff, you don't have to do that now. Once you get the power bracelet, that's it. It's always equipped and you can always lift heavy stuff, which helps a lot. Nice. Um, The only thing, and I'm pretty sure that most people have already heard it online if they've seen even one review, is that there are some places in the game where the frame rate kind of chugs for some whatever reason, which if you look at the visuals, it kind of doesn't make sense but it does happen it happens in specific places and it can be kind of jarring when you experience it the first time but it doesn't last that long so you know you'll get you'll have the initial dip and it'll just go back to what it used to be and just keep going at that pace um which i think it's it's just, it's not a locked 60 frames per second, but it is 60 frames. That's nice. Yeah. Is uh, so it plays... uh, Breath of the Wild is that 30 or 60? That's 30. Okay. Well, it has to be 30 because it's huge. Okay, nice. So, yeah. So, um I just started, so I'm not. I you know, that's all I can talk about it right now. Um in terms of, you know, Link's Awakening but if you've played it before if you have a switch get it if you've have if if you've played it before still get it even if you haven't played it before still get it because it is a fantastic game it is so much fun the characters themselves have so much charm to them it has one of the funniest writings from back in the day and Well, if you're going to pick it up and you don't own a Switch yet, now is a perfect time. Because on the same day that Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening released, the Switch Lite released. And I don't know if you've seen the reviews, but kind of good. People like it. People dig it. Um, Affordable. It's affordable. So yeah, Legend of Zelda, Switch Lite, get them. Also, it kind of brings it all back to the whole portable gaming aspect of it all. Um, just remember that the Switch Lite does not hook up to your TV in any way. And the Joy-Cons are attached to the system. So. Um, the last thing that I played this weekend is, once again, the best Battle Royale game oh God. of our generation. Here we go again. Tetris 99. But again, the only reason I played it, which seems to be a pattern here, is that the only time that I really get into it is when they either introduce new stuff to the game, or there's a new theme, which in this case is Kirby. Um, so I uh, talked about it in the previous episode that the new there was a new Kirby game out called uh, Super Kirby. Cur- uh, what was it called? Super Kirby Battle. Yeah, Super Kirby Battle, something other than that. So that's the theme that you can win this time around. So I played a couple of matches um, throughout the weekend and finally got the theme. So I'm happy, I'm satisfied again. Got a new theme to add to my collection. And this one is not something that you can buy later on in the store that they introduced recently to uh, Tetris 99, which you can buy new themes and new icons by winning vouchers in the game by doing daily quests. And the daily quests can range from anywhere to um, scoring four Tetrises in one game of Tetris 99 or getting 100 lines throughout the day. So not in a single session, but throughout the day, the more you get a maximum of 100 lines and then you get a ticket. And if you have the offline content, it adds an additional two daily missions. So you can get a maximum of four tickets each day. So that's actually pretty cool. Um, It adds a lot of replayability to Tetris uh, 99 if, if you've been waiting on it and you've been wanting more variety and actual reasons to play daily. These new additions actually do add up to more replayability for Tetris 99. So, yeah, hopefully uh, people uh, will get to it. We'll uh, get to play some Tetris 99, especially since the Nintendo Online uh, subscription is only 20 bucks a year. So, Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to add, Sean Templar? No, I didn't play that much. I don't know why, but uh, hopefully we'll
1: be playing a bit more in the weeks to come.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is the fall season, and more and more games are coming out. I mean, next week is Dragon Quest Eleven. Yay. Your wallet's going to hurt so bad. Oh, man, my wallet is, like, slapping me in the face right now. Like, why why are you doing this to me?
1: I, I told <laughs> you
0: this multiple times. Finish one game, then buy the other. It's not like I'm holding I, a point to buy those I, games. I, I I, well, I think I'm almost done with Astral Chain. I'm going to keep plowing that, but now I'm basically doing two games. I'm doing Legends of Zelda and I'm doing Astral Chain. So, you know, I mean, like just the stuff like the Tetris 99 stuff is something that I do on and off and it's not something that you can finish anyways. It's just keeping my Tetris reflexes sharp. And, uh, oh, I actually almost forgot about one other game that I've been playing recently as well. Um, I'm going to just give my, Quick thing about it because I haven't been playing it a lot, which is uh Breath of Fire, which is a Super Nintendo game that I've been playing on the SNES um Nintendo Switch Online service.
1: Oh, a stupid name.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I really don't like the name at all. Um... But it uh it is a game from a series that I've played the sequel of before, and I've played maybe 20 hours so far in breath of in breath of fire and I'm going to be honest with you I'm not sure how this game became a series because it's very basic for even like even at JRPG terms this is a very basic JRPG the fact that it got a sequel at all surprises me so I'm going to do my homework and hopefully I'll have an answer the next time we record because I want to know how Breath of Fire 2 got made because Breath of Fire 1 is very generic. I don't play RPG, that...
1: so I can't help you out here.
0: <laughs> show it to me one day I'll... and I'll, I'll give you my opinion then. I'll show it to you one day and you'll see like, oh my goodness, you're actually right. I mean, at least now the main character finally turns into a dragon. But cool. it's not as yeah, but it's not as cool as you would hope that it would be. It's way cooler in Breath of Fire 3 and it's also it also holds way more significance when you do it in Breath of Fire 3. But in Breath of Fire 1 it's just like, "Oh, you beat this challenge, now you can turn into three dra- dra- three kinds of dragons." That sounds pretty generic. Ooh. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> I was thinking something more <laughs> along the lines of Game of Thrones, you know, but that's
0: yeah, I mean, hopefully it gets better. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like Breath of Fire Three is actually a good game, so uh, I don't know. Maybe I was feeling nostalgic for that and was trying to supplant it on Breath of Fire One. Uh, anyway, so uh, that's it for what we've been playing. Stick around, and we'll be right back with our hidden gems. <laughs> And welcome back to our Hidden Gems! And Sean Templar actually has a really cool hidden gem that he kind of teased me with earlier, and I want to hear more about it. So take it away, Sean. Alrighty. So, my hidden gem is a
1: game called Freedom Fighters. It is a PS2, PC, and Xbox classic, I think, in this case, game. It's made by IO Interactive, which, if some people know, are the guys behind Hitman and Kanan Lynch. Um, And it was at the time published by EA and revolves around that um, during the Cold War or shortly after the Second World War, the Russians invade the United States. Uh, You play as a plumber in New York and you kind of get, you go to someone's house to fix their plumbing apparently turns out to be a part of the resistance or a forming resistance and then you get dragged into this conflict hub happening in new york the russians occupy new york and it's your job together with your brother to partner up with the resistance and to liberate new york um, the, f- the cool part around the game is the game is a third person shooter it has a lot of different missions, side missions. There's a big variety of missions. And one of the cool mechanics around the game is that you can accumulate points through certain objectives. And when you have enough points, you can recruit a soldier to join your cause. And you can recruit up to 16 soldiers when you go into combat. That means you have your small squad slash mini army when you're performing these missions, and you build up those, those, that small army of yours. You can also issue orders to these men. So you can tell them go here, attack that position, defend this position. Um, and then it has diff- they've really the level design is really great. They've really outdone themselves with the story. Um, you meet up with some characters, you have hideouts, the Russians strike back at you, you strike back at them. There's a point in the game in which you get betrayed by one of the characters who's supposed to be really close to you and you lose kind of your progress and your whole base and you have to build it up all again. Um, but at the time it was a really, I, I didn't expect this game. This game kind of dropped out of nowhere for me. Uh, I first played it on PlayStation 2 and I finished there, loved it. And later uh, I got it as a birthday gift for the PC. So I played it again on the PC. Um, it I didn't expect it that because I knew IO Interactive from Hitman and Hitman at that time was a really game, I would say. It had really, really defined what it... It was really redefined what you could and could not do. This game offered a lot of freedom, a lot of weapon choices, a lot of ways to solve certain objectives instead of just a really straightforward path. The funny thing is is that there was always a rumor around a sequel, but they never made a sequel, or at least the sequel was in development, but it never got published. And um, I think and lynch kind of became a, a spiritual successor to that because it kind of incorporated uh, similar mechanics such as uh two characters fighting it out and cover system i think io interactive kind of managed it in that way and i was looking at a documentary a while back and they said that when they played off from square enix they were able to acquire the rights for both hitman and freedom fighters so the fact that they said that they got the Freedom Fighters uh, rights kind of gave me hope for a potential sequel one day. Um, you could also... Funny thing is, is I it didn't really acquire it, but the game also had multiplayer on the PlayStation 2. Oh. That was really strange. I didn't expect it. On the PC, it didn't have but on the PlayStation and on the Xbox. It had multiplayer. I never really put my time into it because it was offline multiplayer, but you could face off against someone else with a mini squad was
0: really unique. Huh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. PC version does not support multiple. Oh, that's a weird thing. Yeah. Um. And about that sequel, yeah. It looks like in 2004, they announced a plans for a sequel. And then, uh, yeah, that fell through for some reason that they started working on Kane and Lynch instead. Which turned out to be a really bad game, unfortunately. I remember
1: the whole uh, debacle GameSpot had with Jeff Kursman, in which uh,
0: uh, I don't did Square publish uh, Kane and Lynch? Uh, what or Eidos? Was in no, this was IDOS. Eidos, Eidos this well, was yeah. back in 2005. Yeah, they
1: were sponsoring GameSpot. I remember at the time that you had these huge banners. The whole site was filled with Kane and Lynch yeah, advertising. And then Jeff Kursman <laughs> reviewed the game. He completely destroyed the game in his review. And then Eidos called them out on it and said, hey, but we're sponsoring you, and now you kind of trashed our game. And eventually, GameSpot kicked Jeff Gersman out, and he created Giant Bomb that way. It was really a strange event at that time.
0: One might say strange events. Some, one might say this was destiny. Oh, God. I mean, come on. I mean, Giant Bomb still exists, and who honestly still cares about games radar Gamespot. no Gamespot. right sorry people well, actually do still care about games yeah radar.
1: i was i was gonna ch- i was checking Gamespot in the past but now i've kind of almost transitioned exclusively over to n4g polygon and
0: ign yeah
1: i know you're and a fan of kotaku but i can't send the
0: layout no i mean i'm not a fan of kotaku but i do like the 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 Kotaku East reporting, so mostly the Japanese-related stuff, Um, and also the stuff that um, uh, what is it called again? Man, I'm so bad with names. Um, the one that did the expose on Riot, and Jason, uh... Jason, right? Yeah, Um, he's on a
1: break right now because he's writing us another book or a sequel on Blood Sweat and Pixels.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah. His writing, yes, like 100%. They have someone awesome in that, plus, they now also have uh Chris Kohler, who's also pretty cool and a retro gamer, so man after my own heart. Oh, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, most of the time I'm on Go Nintendo mostly because of the Nintendo related news, and um, of course, on IGN for everything else, and yeah, oh, and I'll frequent. Polygon once in a while for stuff that you know gets you know missed by the others, but other than that, considering that Go Nintendo is mostly a congregate site, anyways,
2: yeah,
0: it I get a lot of sources from there, so it's easier, yeah. But uh, I yeah.
1: hope uh, IO makes it simple say- to Freedom Fighters.
0: I actually hope so, too, because your description of it is
1: awesome. It, I, remember, I played it a couple of times because it was that cool because I never expected it to have that depth to the gameplay that you could command I've never well. even heard of the game. It's, yeah, I, I don't know how it popped into my mind. It's because I think it, I was watching the documentary around IO Interactive that it popped into my mind again. I'm like, oh, they have this
0: amazing game. And this thing came out in 2003. I'm still not sure how I missed this. Yeah,
1: it's funny that it got published Because EA. it was... P- and EA it's was peak EA. At time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's peak EA. So anything that came out at that time would have been well-documented. So I'm surprised that this yeah. kind of flew under the radar.
1: Yeah, and it was also... The story was really cool because it was an original story in which the Soviet Union invades the United States. That rarely happens. There are only a few games out there that use that in their story. I remember World in Conflict was one of those games that I believe had a similar a story like that which is a strategy game made by the people behind the division when they and were And then small. you have the Resistance games. Yeah, then you had Resistance, but that was more like with the virus and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I miss Resistance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, I liked it. It was I'll, Okay, to be fair, I've never played a Resistance game, so I can't I can't have an honest opinion about it, so That the, uh, what I liked about Resistance
1: is it was also a, an original story. It might not have been the best shooter out there,
0: but it was just a nice original story. I like original stories. Or also, like a twist that, on history. But also, the other thing is that because it was made by um, Insomnia Games, yeah. people had the feeling that they would bring their their patented crazy weapons they did. in there. But I don't think it was the kind of weapons that people were expecting. Yeah, it's not
1: like a disco weapon like in Wretched and Clank <laughs> that all the enemies are <laughs> dancing or something like although,
0: that. Although, to be fair, that would be pretty boss if That would didn't. be awesome. That would definitely be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: But anyways, Freedom Fighters, if you're looking for a really cool game, try it out. Mm. It's probably a few bucks.
0: If you ever can find it, um, you'll enjoy it. Cool. Awesome. Well, I have a hidden gem of my own, too, of course, this week as well. Um, dipping back into the old portable gaming because, honestly, this has to be a game that is a... No brainer to port over to the Switch because of the unique aspects of this game. And this game is called Drill Dozer. It's a quirky little game made by a quirky little developer called, get this, Game Freak. That so the makers of. Are... Yes, because it's the, the developers that mostly work on Pokemon. Uh, this is one of their offshoot games. Is this a and... game in advance game? Yeah, it's a Game Boy Advance game. Looks pretty neat, right? Uh, let
1: me just look at the video about
0: it. So, Drill Dozer is about this... ...small, deep group... ...that consists of an old man, his granddaughter, and their mechanic. And they have this neat little tank called a Drill Dozer... ...because, as the name kind of suggests... It has a drill on it, and it's pretty badass because it can drill up to three speeds and it can burrow through almost anything. Of course, there are some limitations, but, you know, that's gameplay for you. But it is really fun. It has that Game Freak charm to it. So the music, the sounds, the look, it feels and plays like a Game Freak game. And the whole thing is that you're a group of thieves out to steal treasure, but there's this other thief group that tries to get to the treasures before you do and take it for themselves for world domination, of course, of course. So you go after them and you try to stop them from stealing the treasures that you're trying to steal. And the the really cool thing about this Game Boy Advance game is that it's one of the few Game Boy Advance games that had a rumble pack built into the cartridge
1: oh so when you're using possible.
0: the not a lot of games did it and only nintendo did these things huh. one of the one of the only other games that i remember that did something similar to that was warrior twisted for the game boy advance which is one of the last games that came out on the game boy advance around the time the ds came out okay yeah. but um yeah this was also a late uh a late Game Boy Advance game. I think it came out in 2004. And the the quirk here is that the drill has three levels of speed. You always start the level off with speed level one. And then throughout the level, you gain another gear and the gear gives you another speed. So you can get a max of two gears and max of three levels of speed, which is part of the whole puzzle mechanic, um, so it's a puzzle platforming game. You can jump, but your whole thing is to solve puzzles with your drill, Dozer. Yeah, so that you could shift up the speed of your drill in the video. Exactly, yeah. So you, it's like a manual shift, so you hold the drill, level 1 is a short burst, level 2 is a longer burst, and level 3 you can hold indefinitely until you stop. And with every shift up you actually feel the rumble shifting up and getting more intense which would work really perfectly with the hd rumble because it's that specific you can actually have for example the hd rumble um, shake on the right side or the left side and the pulse is getting more thicker or when you try to drill something that is solid and you can't drill towards it actually you feel the rebound on that or if you're drilling into jelly that you'd actually feel like you're drilling into something that is liquid but also solid at the same time honestly it writes itself for a switch port. it's a no-brainer and it's it's a no-brainer and the game is just really fun it has amazing music in it which hopefully when you're listening to this episode you'll be hearing the music from Drill Dozer, as well as Freedom Fighters, and the aesthetics is fun. It is very challenging, so if you're the kind of if you're the kind of guy that likes a challenging puzzle platformer, you honestly can't go wrong with Drill Dozer. It's also very bite-sized in the levels; they don't take up too much time to actually beat. The boss battles can be a little bit challenging because the boss battles are a puzzle in and of themselves. You have to solve the puzzle before you can actually deal damage. For example, there's um, this is a very early boss. I think it's the first boss um, where it has a screw on its back. It'll attack you and you won't be able to attack it. It's invulnerable, but then it needs to cool down and it reveals this giant... um, What did I say? A screw? like that. Yeah, it reveals a giant screw on its back, and then you have to use the drill dozer and switch it, gear it up to level three, so that you can speed up the process. And only when you've removed the the bolt from the back is when you can actually damage it and kick the boss's butt. What a Game Boy Advance game! This sounds really
1: what. Expansive, I think, or it has a lot of it depth is. to mean, it.
0: It has a lot of depth to it, especially when you, go, when you do the level tra- traversal. Um, it is you have to solve these really complex, like in even in the early stuff. When you finally get used to shifting up and getting the gears, they add elements like these jello blocks where you um, you can't destroy them, but you use them to basically climb up a wall and then you hit reverse on um, the drill so that it ricochets you off so that you can jump higher and then use the drill again to grab onto another one so that you can hold on to it and then ricochet yourself up and like keep going up the level for example yeah so it has a lot of these things it has all these cool mechanics where you have to open a door with the drill those and you have to shift up to level 3 and hold it uh, long enough so that the gate opens but in the meantime something's coming behind you so you have to work quickly otherwise the enemy gets you it's it has so the levels get more intricate as the gameplay goes on so it is these nice little compact levels and it has all these puzzles in them and it's just it is really nice it ramps up really nicely it's Not punishing in a way that um, is uh, unfair. It is fairly paced. So if you don't know how to solve a puzzle, it's on you. And it's a game that you don't necessarily need a walkthrough to get through. Because everything is laid out for you. As long as you just take the right answers, you'll get through it in a breeze. But the challenge is making the execution work on it.
1: Oh, I'm kind Plus, of surprised by this game.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. I played the Japanese version initially, which, honestly, if you can, I would recommend getting that one. Only for this little thing, and it's not even... like It's not game-breaking or anything, but when you get the gears in the Japanese version, uh, the main character actually says the number two and the number three, which... I felt was missing from the the Western version because it doesn't have that. So you, it doesn't have that extra little feeling of yes, now I have the second gear. Yes, now I have the third gear. Now I can do all these puzzles and get to the next level. It doesn't have that same punch, but the music still has that kick. So yeah, that's just a gripe and a little pet peeve of mine, at least in terms of that. But nice, yeah. If you can get it on Game Boy Advance, get it. It is Game Boy Player compatible. So if you don't want to play it on a Game Boy Advance, you can hook it up to your GameCube and play it there. The controls map over to the Game Boy or to the GameCube controller and the vibrations translate over. Wow. Which is really cool. Um and Honestly, I hope more people get to play it so that we can make a loud enough noise for the, so that Game Freak can make a either a sequel or a port of the game. Because it deserves, at the very least, a port, let alone a sequel. Here's hoping they do. Yep, here's hoping they do. So that brings us to the end of another Game Rivals. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we appreciate that you're listening to us. Again, don't forget to share this podcast with other people um, that might enjoy this podcast. Uh, As always, you can find us on any podcasting service. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Anchor, our home and place. You can find us on Spotify, on Stitcher overcast or ever you subscribe to podcasts you can always send us feedback through our usual email which is game rivals feedback at gmail.com you can always send us feedback also through our twitch uh twitch sorry twitter channel which uh our twitter feed which is named game underscore rivals
1: underscore.
0: i also have my underscore. That's right. Sorry. (laughs) Otherwise we don't get it. (laughs) Otherwise you don't get it. Um, you can also message me personally. I'm at Maximilian. Um, if you want to add Sean Templar, that's not possible. So just do that through at game rivals, a game underscore rivals, underscore. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Um, spread the word. Uh, give us five-star reviews so that more people are able to discover us. Um, and you can always leave us a audio feedback through the link in the description of this pod episode. Um, or if you have the Anchor app on your uh, device of choice, you can do it through there. You don't need an Anchor account to leave a voice message. Just hit the link and leave us a voice message, and maybe you'll even be featured as a fellow game rival. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this has been an extra long special episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As for me, I am Maximilian X. And I'm Sean Templar. And we'll see you guys next time.